And welcome back to the Golden State Warriors Therapy Session. Chris, how are you doing? Glad we took a day break from recording. Last night I would have said some things uh, I don't know if I meant, so... Well, I'm still going to say some things I probably don't mean because, my God, that was definitely the worst loss of the year so far last night. Warriors drop a freaking heartbreaker to the Kings. After going up 24 points, I I actually thought they were going to win by 12 and make the in-season tournament. That's how delusional I am. And then (laughs) eventually it slips all the way down to to the point where... You're just like, oh my god, we need to just actually win this game. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, all right, in-season tournament's over. Let's just win this game. Like, we're only up by five points. And the two worst possessions of the entire season happen back-to-back. The Warriors turn it over twice, and the Kings pull away to win by one. Unbelievable. Unbelievable! <laughs> so bad. Oh my god. It was, it was worse, I think, than the game last year against Utah that they dropped in Utah. And, um... Yeah. Oh, I've, I've seen a lot right. of comparisons to that game. Um, that was, think, last, last year, that was... I think we talked about it. That was my, like... That last year was a turning point after that game for me. Yeah. Well, I think just the stakes that were on last night's game, not just the in-season tournament, which would would have led to like motivation to continue to play better, but also that we've yeah. lost um, six of our last eight or eight. six of our last seven, basically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Draymond back an emotional game. You're up 24, and I think you you nailed it. Like the broadcast was talking about it. I was thinking it. Fans were thinking it. Even Steph when they cut to him because he was mic'd up last night, they're like, okay, we got to stay up 12. We got to stay up 12. And I feel like that just played into their heads um, in the second half, which led to like a disastrous third and fourth quarter. Yeah, the fourth quarter was pretty bad, but I think the third quarter was maybe the worst quarter of basketball I've watched this year in <laughs> any game, not even just the Warriors. Yeah. I mean, it, the Kings scored 40 points in that quarter. And I, I what, f- like, thirty eight of them were from the free throw line. I mean, the, I'm not gonna blame this on the refs. The Warriors completely choked the game away, and they were fouling out of control. Like the refs had to make a lot of calls because the Warriors were playing such bad defense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was crazy. I was talking about this uh, like offline with my brother. He, he was complaining a lot about the refs in this game and I don't I didn't think they were that good I thought they made some bad calls but the problem is when you as a team foul a lot it gets into the mind of the refs that like oh these you know these players are not playing disciplined defense so it it kind of invites the opportunity to call any little foul more than if you play like really disciplined defense you can get away with more because most of the time you're you're you know standing up straight you're, you're getting in front of guys you're moving your feet and you're not fouling so when you're undisciplined it it just spirals it like is 
yeah, it's a slippery slope with the refs, and that's what happened, I think, last night. Yeah, it's probably tough for Warriors fans to hear because, I mean, as a Warriors fan, it was frustrating in that third quarter. Like, probably took yeah. over an hour for that to go. It was a foul every second. Unreal. If you look at last year, the Warriors were 27th in foul rate. This year, they're 28th. So yeah. that's horrible. Um, and it's weird because it was refreshing at the start of the game. The first six minutes was an insane pace. There was not a single foul, and yep. it was just like fun to watch. You know, two exciting teams, and the Warriors were flowing. And then I don't know whether it's due to old age or like fatigue, but it seems late in the games they just foul merchants like just reaching can't stay in front of people um i mean we'll get to it later in the podcast but i thought draymond had like an emotional breakdown in the game obviously the tech was like a little much but he's just so it's so for a 33 year old who's a four-time champion he is so like unhinged lately this season it's and even last season it's just like what the hell is going on yeah i was thinking about it and um it's that is a, a symptom, I think, of the broader problem, which is that we're in the year twenty twenty three. Okay, uh, we're almost watching twenty twenty four, almost twenty twenty four. We're watching in slow motion the downfall of the greatest team of all time, which yeah. we all know. We all know it's coming. When it comes, how fast it comes, and how it looks that's unknown but you know if you just kind of step back and look at what happened last year the year after winning an amazing championship that nobody thought we would win um and then you know making some big moves because last year was pretty bad but everyone's a year older uh and maybe this is just another chapter in the slow kind of fall from grace i mean not you know great players don't always just ride off into the sunset like michael jordan won his sixth championship and then retired and he did come back and play a couple years with the wizards but that was i think to recover from gambling losses probably or something like that but (laughs) he essentially rode off into the sunset and you know what very few other great players of all time have ever done that steph probably will because he's so damn good but Clay and Draymond, we're seeing they're no longer the type of player they used to be. This is like what it what it looked like when Dwayne Wade like went to the Cavs, you know, and then he went like I think he went to the Bulls too, and it was just like, man, it's kind of painful to watch because you remember how great he, like he was, but it was just not watching the same kind of guy. You are down bad, my brother. I wasn't gonna it's... even go this far. <laughs> Look, it's not there yet. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like it's playing out slowly, and we have to accept that. And if we can squeeze in one more championship, I'm not ruling that out. But a lot of things have to go right, and frankly, our best players need to be better. Not well, counting Steph Curry. Well, here's where it's confusing, and I think this is why we were both so optimistic before the season on this team. Yeah, last year. Um, aside from Wiggins having that like personal hiatus to start the season, he was amazing. He was shooting very well, scoring, and yep. then when he came back for the playoffs, he was in comparison to this year like really good. He was rebounding, playing defense, 
Clay had a great year last year up until the second round of the playoffs, which I think was fatigue. But overall, he had a really great season. Steph was amazing last year. Draymond was very good in the regular pretty season, solid. too. The I only mean, thing... he was like a deep way contender, you know? Like, he had a yeah, pretty solid season. and then he got hurt. But the only thing that really limited us last year was our bench was horrific. And we had no one we could trust. Like, Poole was horrible, the Wiseman experiment, all that stuff. Um, and this year, it's the opposite. Our bench has been one of the best benches in the NBA, but it's been the starters that have let us down, specifically in my opinion, Clay and Wiggins on the court, Draymond like half on the court, half emotionally, half off the court. Like Looney's been solid and Steph's had a good year, but those three have like really brought down the team a lot. Um, Which is weird because you say the age thing, but it's really only been like six months since those guys were doing their thing. So I I don't know how that could have changed that much. I just, I don't know if I would say they were doing their thing last year. Like they were still battling for the play-in and yes the bench was horrible that was a big part of it but look at the end of the day especially when you get to the playoffs too like the bench isn't playing that much we lost to the lakers in round two because of failures from our starters and including steph he wasn't very good in that series actually Um, but you know wiggins gave effort and was was fine after coming back from his hiatus in the playoffs but he wasn't the same guy that we saw in the 2022 run clay obviously was horrible pool was a main guy last year and was really bad and draymond can't score or do anything other than defend at this point <laughs> so i mean when you when you add up the pieces you're just not really getting a very good team and um i don't see what has changed to this point other than reinforcements on the bench but the starters are still struggling in the same way that we saw like in the end of last year i've seen some interesting points on this because i i agree with you um just listening to some stuff today and reading uh and i kind of agree that i think although it's not the biggest problem i think the draymond and looney pairing has kind of ran its course a little bit not saying that Mm. that's our biggest problem but I think with Clay being inefficient, Wiggins and being like on or off, just having two non-spacers, like two only passers on offense, is really hurting us. Um, yeah, and it is. Al- and it's also a size thing. Like Looney obviously plays bigger than he is, and so does Draymond. But you've seen this season, like the Cavs, the Thunder, the Wolves, even Sacramento, who's not a big team last night in the fourth quarter just miss offensive rebound miss offensive rebound like yeah gary was the only one who was like actually hunting the ball for defensive rebounds and he's six one it's i don't know how you feel on that but i would and i don't know where this comes from because we don't really have size on the team but i would like maybe to split their minutes or like an incision of size into the starting uh, lineup yeah i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't be opposed to seeing uh, Looney, who has not been horrible, but you know hasn't been super effective. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him come off the bench as the backup center behind Sarich, even though uh, we know that he's better at the four Sarich uh, than than at the five. It's fine because Draymond can basically be the five. Yeah. Uh, and that would insert more offense and spacing to the starting unit that has struggled quite a bit. It's kind of um, gross to watch, like. 
last night was oh, an anomaly terrible. because Wiggins was getting to the rack and hit some shots, but throughout the that season... That was the silver just, lining. Yeah. The Wiggins game last night, that was his best game of the year by far, I oh, think. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, sure. even though he scored, he scored like what? I don't know. He scored 31 against some team. I, I think it was the Thunder, right? Yeah, 31 against the Thunder when we went to OT and blew that game, the second worst loss of the year. Um, and he almost hit he almost hit a game winner. Uh, but he oh, had yeah, a good yeah. game that That was that his night. Like, first good game that season. This sort of yeah. kind of reminds me of last season where you yep. know, you're going through the season and it's like, oh my god, that's the worst loss of the season. And then two days later, no, this is the worst loss of the season. It's like We're I'm only really 18 hope- games in, bro. Fuck, we I are can't all- take it. <laughs> I hope it's not a similar trend to last year because we were saying the same stuff. Like, yeah. wow, this is a horrible loss. And then two Can't get later, worse than that. <laughs> like last year, that Atlanta loss where Sadiq Bey hits like a 50-footer oh. and then the Utah one, and then we lose to the Raptors by 60. There, was there just, were so many of those losses. Oh, it was horrible. Oh I think we listed them last year and we were at like 16 candidates for the worst yeah. loss of the year. Yep, yep, and yeah, unbelievable. I think only, so far this year, we only have two, I would say. There are some losses where it's like, oh, we should have won that one. That Cleveland one kind of hurts, too. The, that one the hurt, but it wasn't it wasn't as bad, in my opinion. Like, you know, we're not a 60-win team, so we're going to drop games like that here and there. It's really just we're when we go up big. Team. No, I mean, at this point, obviously not. I mean, we'll be lucky to get to 41. um but all right i'm gonna stop being such a downer but um (laughs) i think i think we should switch gears kind of to what um happened a little bit last game especially in the second half because i really think it highlighted some like fundamental issues that's been happening with this team oh we know what they are yeah obviously the fouling we've touched on the turnovers were horrible like steph and draymond made some really bonehead plays um, yeah, I wanted to say something on the turnovers. So, um, like, team turnovers are a little bit different than individual turnovers. So, last night, the Warriors had 20 total team turnovers, and they had 18 individual turnovers. Of the 18 individual turnovers, guess how many of them, if you're not looking at the box score, guess how many of them were from the starters? Out of 18? Out of 18. I'm going to say 16. 15 okay. so only three turnovers <clears throat> off the bench and two were from kaminga who played oh horribly last yeah, night we'll um, and in 10 minutes in 10 minutes by the way uh but steph had five including the worst one of the night when he threw it away it with 50 seconds left up five draymond had four including the second worst turnover or maybe that was the worst one uh you know you choose pick your poison there uh, four turnovers, and then Wiggins and Clay each had three. Unbelievable, dude. This is not acceptable. Meanwhile, they almost all fouled out. Steph had five fouls, Wiggins had five fouls, Looney had four, and Draymond had four. So this yeah. is the problem. It's not like the bench. It is the starters, the core group of guys, turning the ball over and fouling nonstop. Not to, like, and it's even worse because... At the beginning of the year in the offseason, Steve Kerr like specifically said the the entire like agenda going into training camp is we will not be a team that turns the ball over and fouls as much as we did last year. The only reason 
our turnover rate is a little bit better this year is because Chris Paul on off the bench slows the pace so much and controls it and like just kind of orchestrates the offense and doesn't turn it over. The starters, it's the same old story. I mean, I there's like there's nothing to say other than they need to be better. All of them. Steph with his turnovers, everything else Steph is doing is great, but Steph with his turnovers and then the other the others need to just get it together, man. Yeah, I agree. And <clears throat> it's frustrating because like you said, that was the emphasis of the off season were those two things, fouling and turnovers, fouling and turnovers. Yeah. And that's what's really made the Warriors struggle this year. When they don't turn the ball over and when they don't foul, they're like pretty impossible to beat. Um, yes. But it, it is just the team's Achilles heel. I mean, Steph plays reckless. Draymond plays reckless. The ones I can't live with, though, are like the Wiggins and Clay turnovers because they should never be dribbling. And we've seen Wiggins just like dribble and fall down and lose the ball. And Clay <laughs> just crazy. throw like terrible passes and terrible shots like one he had last night he tried to shoot a three and it just like flew out of his hands it's like yeah. okay um and the third thing the i want to i want to reference really quickly when we we're talking about um things from the preseason that kerr said that really haven't came true this year is i remember a quote from the preseason saying that like this is the deepest team that they've had in a long while and his approach to this year is whoever is like playing the best will finish games and that has to be the biggest lie that has been told from the off season. <laughs> and last night was the truest example of that that I've seen this year. And probably the yeah. thing that pissed me off the most about last night was um and pissed off most of Warriors fans because I've seen it all day. I was listening to ninety five seven the game this morning. That's all they were talking about is yeah. Moody First of all, wasn't going to play last night because Steve said he's going to cut his rotation to nine. So he was fully out of the rotation, which is baffling to me that Kaminga's still in there and Moody's not. And um, <clears throat> the only reason he got run Crazy. is because GPT, GP2 um, and Chris Paul got hurt. So he gets and because his... Kaminga was so freaking bad that oh, he, like, Kerr just couldn't did, play him. Did he even play? Did he play in the second half? I don't know, maybe a little bit, but he but, only had 10 minutes yeah. in the entire game. It's because, and most of those were in the first half. Yeah, 100%. So, what, regardless, Mooney gets his shot in the fourth quarter, goes 4 for 4, 11, uh, 11 of the 12 points through the first 8 minutes of the quarter, or like 7 minutes of the quarter. <clears throat> only one making a shot, had a uh, like pump fake and drive, dunked it, hit two open threes, hit two other threes that didn't count, one for like yes. a bull uh, BS call that it should have counted, and then the second one was after the whistle, and then yep. he subs in Clay for him, and I mean I understand it. I with guess with like to, four minutes left, I guess to a point, but here I'll read what um, I got a few things I have to read on this because I think this was okay. the biggest thing that came out of the night. Um, First of all, let me play the clip of Steve Kerr talking about this situation last night because um, oh, yeah, it, was roll just, it. it was just crazy. What was kind of the reasoning? Moses was awesome tonight. Um, you know, we, we needed to get Wiggs on the floor uh, for defense against Fox, um, and we uh, decided to, to, to go with, with Clay and, and our, our vets. You know, we thought about... Um, 
you know, keeping him out there. But, um, you know, we, we made the move that we made. He was, by the way, Moses was fantastic, you know, um, out of the rotation tonight to start the game. Um, talked to him for the game and explained what we were doing. Um, the guy, he reminds me of Loon. See that? The second part of that quote pisses me off the most is he's done this throughout <laughs> Moses Moody's career. It's like, benches yep. him, doesn't play him, and he's like, oh, Moses is the best. Every time he plays, he's amazing. And then just won't It's like, like the guy... The guy has a good attitude, and he, guess what he's rewarded with? The Nothing. bench. Okay, you get a shitty attitude like Jonathan Kuminga, and what's he rewarded with? More minutes. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. It is actually crazy. I mean, I know that Kerr is very good at managing the player dynamics in a locker room, uh, although it broke down a bit last year. And... You know, but this year it, that has looked better, right? I think the insertion of Chris Paul and the uh, more clear, clearly defined roles for for everyone off the bench has been good. That hasn't that hasn't been the downfall of the Warriors. It's what we talked about before, but um, there is no excuse for playing Jonathan Kaminga over Moses Moody at this point in the season. We have seen enough, okay. If Moody's having a bad game, just sit him down. Like I'm not saying bench Moody, or sorry, bench Kaminga, like to the end of the bench behind guys like Trace Jackson Davis or anything. Like he should still get run. He's not that good in my opinion. No. It doesn't look like he's made any improvements. I mean, he's shooting less than twenty percent from three on the year. Um, after yeah. having a really like hot preseason, uh, uh, it's just he doesn't have it. He doesn't have it. He can play some spot minutes off the bench, but Moody is a real role player that he plays the most important position on the court, which is wing. He provides shooting and rebounding, and he's not a a guy who's going to let the ball stick and take some ISO shots. So I don't know. And he can make shots. Here's one more other thing I wanted to read before we get into it uh kevin o'connor wrote an article on the warriors this morning after that night's that last night's loss and i just thought this was interesting so he said kerr Kerr praised moody after the game calling him awesome and fantastic and the ultimate pro but that's apparently not enough for the 21 year old to earn minutes over the veterans not giving minutes to excelling young players is taking the easy way out rather than playing the (laughs) playing the younger guys and managing the fragile egos of his older players all Kerr is doing now is sending a message that hard work it, uh, will not be rewarded with chances and production during limited opportunities will not be rewarded with more, more minutes. And it's just like... All facts. Yeah, and it's it's so true. And I don't know. That was my biggest takeaway because we talked about it on our season preview. Like, is Kerr going to be... Is this going to be the year where they actually like let the young guys play and make some mistakes because we saw last year they wasted a season of playing Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb so many minutes for them to not be on the team like what did that do for the Warriors this year nothing and we're both down on Kaminga I think for fair reasons but imagine if he actually got to play last year I don't think he can't be worse than he is right now you know no I think in a different situation Kaminga would be better it's this is a hard offense for him to play in it's a very um, like kind of read and react offense, where it, which is not his strength. His strength is cutting, slashing, and getting to the basket. 
that doesn't really work in this offense when you have to be the guy making reads. Uh, he, he is not fit in there. Moses, on the other hand, very sharp, and he can he can play that role. Um, yeah, yeah. No, it, that's it's absolutely true about Mo, uh, Moses Moody. Moses Modi. Modus Moses. Modi Moody. Moses Moody. So, obviously, the other two big storylines from last night as well was that uh, CPT, CP3, why do I keep combining their names? Chris Paul got hurt in the first half, and then Gary Payton. Um, CP2 and, and GP3? Yeah, in a different world. Um, and then Gary went down um, in the second half, and Gary's um, looked more serious. Yeah. And we just got the update today that he um, has, uh, what is it, a pulled calf? Or a torn, torn calf. Torn calf, yeah. Torn and, calf muscle, that is not good. Um, nope. But... I don't know. I don't know. Like I'm not a doctor. I don't know what the recovery is for that. But I was it's seeing like going to be four to probably eight weeks. two weeks. Yeah. I mean, what's that one dude on Twitter who's a doctor? Uh, yeah, and he's like a sports about. doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. You're I haven't. I haven't looked at like his page yet to see what his assessment is. But um, I don't think this is a season-ending injury. But it's definitely a long road to recovery. Like a torn calf muscle is just a a more extreme calf strain basically like when you pull your calf muscle or your hamstring or any muscle what you're basically doing is ripping the muscle a little bit and it needs to recover by regrowing (laughs) like combining back and and fixing up and so he has uh, if it requires surgery that would be really bad um we'll see we'll see the i would say we probably won't see him to like mid-january uh, yeah, at least. Yeah, at least. and then would... Chris Paul, thankfully, because it looked bad. He was, like, barely walking after the game. Um, yeah. But apparently it's kind of day-to-day, so he'll he'll probably be out, like, the next two or three games and then back, which which is good because the Warriors do really need him. They already announced he's out against uh, the Clippers on th- Thursday, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Chris Paul is out tomorrow against the Clippers. Um, it's a lower leg nerve contusion. And then they said the Warriors are going to announce, like, a timeline tomorrow. But it's, yeah. it said it should be, like, day-to-day. Uh, I got to read something related to the Steve Kerr conversation. So you were listening to 95.7 The Game this morning? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, apparently, Steve Kerr went on the show later on or at a point where you weren't listening because he, he actually spoke about this. Uh, on the loss last night, he said... I didn't have my best game as a coach. Should have left Moses in the game. Watching the tape over again, that was a really terrible decision. <laughs> well, at least he, you know, can admit it because I don't think, like, the Warriors fan base, you know, overreacts to a lot of stuff. But I think when they're kind of all in a unison on a subject, it tends to be right. The Warriors were, like, that way with Anthony Lamb playing, with James Wiseman I know that for a long time. Um, and it's it's this thing with Moody, yeah. too. Like, everyone is it's like doesn't take an idiot to see. This fool is hustling, getting rebounds, playing defense, hitting shots. The rest of the starters aren't doing any of that. Like, I don't know. Oh, okay, I found the... Um, I found the... No, you're right. You're fully right. I mean, we're in agreement on this. It's, it's a tough time to be a Warriors fan, I think. Um, but on the gary payton uh absence like how long would he expect 
Dr. Nidav Pandaya, yeah. he said a grade one uh, calf tear is seven to ten days only. That's basically like a pulled muscle, I think. Hmm. A grade two is four to six weeks. I don't know what we don't know what grade Gary's injury is, but a grade three is twelve to sixteen weeks. Oof. So if open for if that grade two probably four yeah. to six weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, basically a grade three tear would mean he's back at in like March or April. Um, they won't be playing in and April, that is... my man. <laughs> I think that's actually when the playoffs start, right? Yeah, well, Maybe they'll be in the play-in play. game. Yeah. No, last night was He'll... was the yeah, darkest, we'll uh, you know, night of... It was just like a triple whammy of depression that hit like injuries blowing that huge lead like seventh loss in eight games missing out on an in-season tournament like just a ton of stuff um yeah perfect perfect storm of just horrible last night yeah well one thing that happened um since we last talked which was a while because it kind of got interrupted with the holidays but glad we're back uh, yeah, we saw the rise session. and fall. Yes, <laughs> much needed after a six-game losing streak, which was finally snapped. Um, but then we we witnessed what we witnessed last night, and now I'm in pain. But uh, we saw so since we last talked, we saw the rise and the fall of Brandon Pajemski in the rotation. Uh, he obviously had his magnificent game against the thunder where he scored like i don't know i can't remember 25 or something uh and he was all over the place i think and it was actually against the the timberwolves when everyone got ejected as one uh, you're right game. you're right yeah okay you're right against the timberwolves um so that was fun and everyone on twitter and elsewhere was you know the reporters too were all writing about how he is absolute steal in the draft. Here we go, he's coming. He's arrived. They finally nailed the draft pick. Uh, and what I said, I think, was, "Hey man, like let's slow down a little bit." He had a nice game. He has a lot of uh, issues. I think he's he's not very fast. He's not very big. He's not a very good defender. Uh, he has shot the ball decently actually so far this year and he can get into the lane and do the, do his little floater thing and he rebounds and passes. Those are all good things. He's a smart player, but let's not pretend like he's going to be a six man of the year. <laughs> um, and we, and Steve Kerr, you know, inserted him into the rotation. He got consistent minutes for like five games or more and they were not good. They were not good minutes. Um, and, Last night, he didn't play at all. So he's back out of the rotation, although now without Gary Payton and Chris Paul, we're probably going to see some more Brandon Pajemski. So hopefully he can kind of turn this bad stretch around. But um, we also saw the, we also saw Trace Jackson Davis fall out of the rotation last night. I was going to mention this earlier, but I, I thought he should have been playing last night against the Kings. Like, why isn't he matched up with Sabonis at times? Well, we saw that in the preseason. I mean, you just said a bunch that I want to touch on, but just to yeah. touch on TTJ, uh, he had a ton of success for Sabonis, and it's not like Sabonis was cooking us last night. He actually had a horrible game, but 
we were unable to like defend the rim at all. I remember in the uh, second quarter, I think, when uh, um, Sarge was the only big and they Kings ran pick yep. and roll, I think like 14 straight times and they got a layup every time. <laughs> and like Monk, Fox, even oh, Herder was just getting to the rim without, yep. I mean, Draymond can Sarge block is shots. so soft and you bad know, at defense. Draymond can block shots and Trace Jackson Davis can. I mean, Gary can a little bit, but he's obviously a guard. Um, and yeah, Looney. it doesn't make sense. Looney's, Looney's like a get you out of position defender, but he's not a rim protector. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. But on the on the Pajemski point, um, I agree. I think he was going to be pushed out of the rotation. I mean, he was last night, but I think he's going to be playing minutes from both CP3 and Gary. I think he'll get some backup. Yep. One minutes and also some like. Maybe with Corey Joseph minutes and Steph minutes, which yeah, Corey you know, not Joseph. Great. Once Chris Paul went down, it was interesting that uh, Steve Kerr rolled with Corey Joseph as the point guard instead of Brandon Pajemski. And um, actually, I think that's a good choice. I mean, we saw Pajemski sort of rise above Corey Joseph in the rotation. He he was playing well, you know. He was earning those minutes, uh, that bump in the depth chart, but. Corey Joseph is a veteran. He's a real point guard who like actually doesn't turn the ball over very much. Um, he's not a horrible shooter. He's he's fine. He's not great, but as the third guard, I don't mind him. And with Chris Paul out, I think he actually should be running the second unit, um, getting the ball you know around to the guys who are better scoring, better at scoring, uh, and, and kind of just organizing the offense. But uh, I'm not mad at it. I thought he actually was decent last night against the Kings. Yeah, he was he was solid. I just don't think um, I think that Kerr thinks Pajemski's a better player than Corey Joseph, but I don't think he views Pajemski as a point guard. As a I point think, guard, yeah, I, think Wait, he views yeah, him well, as I like, disagree. Well, but do you agree that that's how Steve Kerr thinks? Oh yes, I'm just saying I disagree with Steve Kerr. I think Pajemski is a point guard and can only play point guard. Yeah, I I agree as well. Like, oh, I don't know. Kerr's kind of had an interesting year. I mean who am I to say that he's doing bad because I'm just some bum and he's like a 10 time <laughs> champ. No, but, but you got, you got a podcast, bro. I mean, that is true. That makes me an expert, but <laughs> rotationally, like, I don't know. I just, I just haven't been loving. I feel like he hasn't made any like adjustments to win games this year. I think we've lost a lot nope. of winnable games. I think last yeah. night he had, one, probably his worst coaching night of the year, um, just with the movie yep. situation, that challenge, timeout situations, just no adjustments. Like, if you're seeing Steph get doubled every single time, maybe put in someone who could, like, hit a shot. Shoot the ball. That would, yes. be, he got, that would be a crazy he, decision. <laughs> he was flat out outcoached by Mike Brown last night. Mike Brown was sending double teams. He mixed in some... Uh, zone against the bench last night oh, which they really had no disrupted. idea what to do versus the zone they were running oh motion God. offense versus zone i was yes. like yes what the like kamingo was like doing? standing kamingo oh. was like holding hands with sarish on one side of the court and Corey joseph was just like pounding the rock like yelling at him disgusting. And... <laughs> yeah it was it was it was a uh, just all oh around the gosh. board embarrassing loss last night yeah um well I, I am going to take away 
the fact that Wiggins looks like he has his wind back. He yeah. looks like he's in shape. He, he had a great game last night. He had 10 rebounds, right? So that was by far the most he's had this year, I think. Um, at least 10 rebounds. And and he was also shooting the ball quite well. Um, yeah, I mean, nine, he had nine from 10 rebounds, 29 points. That's like 30 yeah. and 10 from Wiggins. Like, what the hell? You would think you'd win yep. that game. He, he, that was yeah when Wiggins has a great game you would like like we saw last night we should have won that game and Clay wasn't horrible I mean he didn't shoot really well but you know Clay was fine he scored 20 points he had actually nine rebounds which is awesome um but it was just too many turnovers and too much stupid fouling and too yeah. much um Draymond self-combusting so uh, I don't know we need to obviously fix uh the bad habits that are starting to trickle in that we kind of built up last year so i'm looking at the schedule our our schedule's been so weird this year we like play the same teams always like twice but we're playing the clippers (laughs) basically three times out of seven so we play them back to back thursday and saturday then we play portland um you know and then okc which okc has kind of had our number and it's at OKC. I, well, I mean, don't you think? We won that... the first game against them, but yeah. Uh, and I then mean, we won... lost twice to them. Yeah. At we home. got blown out. Both at yeah, home. we got blown out in that first game. Um, but the but the game against the Thunder where we went to OT, like, yeah, they did kind of own us. But we should have won that damn game. So I, I think it's been pretty close overall, actually. Yeah. Well, so... Looking at those next four games, um, I mean, I would imagine they probably split the Clippers series. I think those are two teams, like, in similar situations where they're old and have talent but, like, are dumb for their own reasons. Um, (laughs) Hopefully win at Portland, and then if they can win at OKC, then I would imagine they go 3-1, and which would um, get them back to 500, which which would feel really good for how shit this season's been. In in good news... Like before the Christmas Day game against the Nuggets, we play the Blazers three times, so Ooh. we know we know we're gonna win thrice, and we, we also know that? dominating. We know, <laughs> and we play the we, Wizards. We are gonna, I know, and we play the Wizards. That's what I was going next. So four wins that we should have, and then the Nets are fine but i think we should beat them too especially at home oh, so that's like five games that are looking Boston pretty good the nuggets though and the suns yes Ooh, um yeah. the clippers if we can make it through christmas like one or two games above above 500 i think that's like a win i don't know like i actually think this could be a pretty good stretch ahead of christmas if we can figure our shit out but we i want to i want us to uh win at least two out of three against the clippers um, win all these gimme games because we've had so many tough games against like Minnesota. It's been a, it's been a tough Thunder schedule to Denver. start. Really tough, really tough. I saw a stat that we had the toughest schedule or one of the top three toughest schedules of all teams. And then I mean, we played OKC three times. We played the Kings three times. Uh, Phoenix twice. Cleveland twice. Minnesota twice. Minnesota twice. Yeah, yeah. Denver. It's been. 
I mean, the Houston only really, twice, and they're actually not that bad. Yeah, the only easy game we've played so far um, was San Antonio. Detroit. And, and Detroit. Yeah, 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 those two games. But out of 18, only two kind of easy games is interesting. Like yeah. like you said, where's Portland at? We need more Spurs games. We need, yeah. um, you know, Chicago we haven't played yet. They suck. Uh, Utah. Yeah, Toronto's not Memphis, that good. We yeah. haven't played Memphis yet, and they're horrible. We're going to yep. play them every time now that Jaw's back. That's pretty cool. We didn't get them at all, and they <laughs> sucked. Yeah. Well, they didn't want to schedule it when he wasn't there because that's a good, like, rivalry match for the NBA. Yeah. I know. We sh- I wish we played them three times in this season. We well, yeah. Hopefully hopefully, this the schedule lightning is an opportunity, right? Let's end on a positive note, man. Aren't, aren't you excited to watch the NBA? Aren't you excited to watch the Warriors on Thursday? turn this um, ship around i don't know if i'll be watching Are you i'm excited watching? <laughs> i'll be watching i'll be uh, watching you're sick. uh be, but oh, i am i am sick i'm on the east coast so i was up at 1 a.m watching the warriors blow that game last night and yeah. um that's gonna be even say, a worse feeling because like me you know <laughs> being on the west coast like it's 10 20 and i'm fuming in bed and i'm like damn like <laughs> At least I had some time to calm down and then go to sleep. But one one twenty, you're just fuming. That's rough. <laughs> yeah, I didn't sleep very well. Let's just put it that way. You deserve some rest <laughs> tonight, man. Yeah, I'm gonna be going to sleep pretty soon. Once we end this pod, I'm going to bed. Oh man, well yeah, it sounds good. I mean, we got a lot of stuff out. That was definitely you know kind of a a pillar game of the season and. It sounds like we're yeah. a little optimistic for how it is. I don't know why we are, because this season hasn't really given us much to be optimistic about. But, I mean, it's really well, a, a make-or-break point in the season. Like, if it's 20 more games of this shit, like, people are getting traded and stuff is changing. Correct. I mean, yeah, if they can't turn shit around before the trade deadline, I mean, we're probably seeing Chris Paul traded. We're probably seeing Kaminga and moody or moody traded and maybe even one of the core guys like wiggins or or draymond or clay or something like who knows i mean steph curry is still a top three player in the league and mike dunleavy will probably be aggressive because he doesn't want his legacy to be like not getting steph curry a ring even though he was extending his prime into his late 30s that would be a horrible like legacy as a GM. Uh, so, you know, he has a lot to prove in the front office, and I think he's going to be aggressive. Um, but the reason I, when I say I'm optimistic, I'm just optimistic based on where we are right now. I am pulling back my overall view of the team as, like I think earlier I said they were a top two team in the West when they got out to that hot start. It was them and the Nuggets. That was you know, probably true at the time, but it was a little bit premature because they lost six straight and now they're eight and 10. Um, so I'm not as optimistic as I was back then, but we, I don't think we're going to be below 500 when it's all said and done. No, I mean, if we're below 500 when it's all said and done, we'll might not even be in the plan. And I think this team is Steph Curry that. might be on the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. <laughs> We'll see Things how these. Yeah, we'll see how these games go. I think we'll. Uh, it's weird. So they play Thursday and Saturday, and then they don't have another game till Wednesday. So another like 
three full days off, which is interesting, which happened um, this weekend, which was kind of nice. You know, yeah. you can enjoy your weekend. So, but maybe we'll, uh, it was nice. We'll touch in after, um, the Clippers series after those two games, because uh, we'll have some sure. off time. Um, but yeah, man. Thanks for, you know, tapping into this therapy session. Um, brighter days are ahead. So, uh, you know, stay locked in. We'll, we'll be there regardless. If it's worse or better, we'll be there. I will be there no matter what. <laughs> Talk to you guys soon. <laughs>